1: Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin.
3: Woods 97.3 the fan happy Wednesday to you. Let's get our heads right today. Uh, I'm Woodsy. To my right is Paul Rindel, the executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. To my left is Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, it's good. I feel a little distracted. I don't know why. I, I think yeah, yeah. He read I know us. Why. He read us like a fifteen minute email, uh, and then just was commenting on something on TV. I said, oh man, it's gonna be one of those days. You want to try some uh, Adderall? Help get you locked in. What, what was that? You want? To, yeah, you want to try some Adderall, <laughs> doctor prescribed?
4: <sighs> Not for me. It's farmers
3: Insurance it's true. open day, isn't it? It's <laughs> farmers insurance. It's that's true. Open day. Now three hours though. You, there's plenty oh, yeah. of time. I mean, it's still the plenty day. I mean, it's still the day. He gets very excited. It's like when he goes on vacation, and he, I'm like, you know what? When you come in, when you have a vacation, just you, you don't have to come to work because he's he's gonzo right now. He's gonzo. What happened? Stay up too late? Are you blinking? You're blinking. Now I know you didn't sleep. That's what happened to me. That's true story. Ah, you got me. I went back to explicit. (laughs) 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 Drove all the way there. Oh, funny story. Sitting here this morning, I got in. I got in for me a little late. It was like five, and and I'm uh, doing some work and getting things ready, and um, I hear. What's he? And I'm like, what? And I turn around and it's Paulie in the little foyer right there. And he waves me out. And I'm like, I'm like what the get hell? Get out of here! I'm like, Did you forget your card? But you couldn't have because you got through the first door. So I walk up and he points at his ear, like, listen, freaking, hey there hey, the library. On the, on the, the, speaker like here the internal speakers that go
2: throughout the entire building and i said, suppose the second i got off the elevator i heard hey
3: then delilah i'm like
2: i what said what how is many happening
3: i said, have you ever heard that in here he goes never never no, once. Not once not one time the and i'm 20 years old i <laughs> said that is the universe speaking to us if you missed uh, what we're talking about we did take ben to his first gentleman's uh, establishment last week we could go today we actually. could go today <laughs> yeah changed his life forever Changed his life forever. Met a uh, nice young lady named Delilah, very sweet. And, um, Is there yeah. Delilah? And, and, and that was that. That was that. So it's been, it's been all downhill basically since then, <laughs> since that happened. Uh, we had a, uh, yesterday after the show, we were hanging out in the prod studio, the production studio, and our beloved, beloved sweet angel, Sammy Levitt, mm. popped in. And uh, we were talking to Sammy for a while and, Chopping it up. He's going to be heading out to spring training soon. You guys remember spring training. Sammy, dude, is out there from minute one until the very end.
2: They report the day of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl yeah. Sunday. So he's heading out like that weekend. Yeah,
3: he'll be out there.
2: And while we may not be out there for a couple weeks until or the end of February, Sammy will be out there and he's going to be on this show every, day. every single I, morning I starting I, the Monday
3: after the Super Bowl. I love spring training, Sammy. I love it. It, Not only does it kill a segment, it burns some clock for us, but it also, I love Sammy Levitt. Like, I love talking to Sammy Levitt. And Sammy came in, and we were shooting the breeze, and then Adam comes in and brings Sammy a piece of mail. And I go, oh boy, Sammy, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, and it's addressed to him here at the station. And I go, oh boy, watch out, Sammy, you might be somebody's butthole, like I got, uh from a Dodger fan, if you missed the Christmas and holiday extravaganza, I have been getting hate mail from Dodger fan, from a Dodger fan. And it's the gnarliest, most disgusting things you've ever ever seen. The worst smack talk you've ever seen. I, go, the,
2: I was going to say, it's the worst insult
3: Yeah, ever. to themselves. They just insulted himself. But there's like the most disgusting lady part that you've ever seen with arrows pointing to it like Dodgers. And then there's a toilet bowl full of doo-doo, Padres. I so said, I'd rather be in the toilet bowl than that first thing. I mean, you saw it. It was repugnant. It was repugnant. Delilah would never. So I, we were sitting in there, and I said, well, open it up, Sammy. Make sure there's no powder in there or anything like that. you got to be careful. And he opened it up. And it was some sweet kid. Sammy, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, I sent you a picture. Could you please sign it and send it back to me? He got an autograph request. <laughs> so I ask you not, man. I walk in here this morning. And this is sitting <laughs> oh, a piece of mail on my area. And I went, oh, God. Oh, no. Here we go. I told Sammy yesterday, I go, we get different types of fan mail, Sammy. You get the, the sweet little wannabe broadcasters that want an autograph. And I get, you know, buttholes and stuff. So I said, um, oh, God. So I sat here and I opened it. And I felt inside there was like, it was kind of firm. Like, p- something in there. I go, More, of oh, More of a firm filling. More of a firm filling in the envelope, which I know you like. So, <laughs> so I open it up. It says, Stephen, Dallas is my grandson. He and your son played on the same Buffaloes flag football team. I heard your segment on Monday regarding not being able to coach and watch the games on Friday. I was there taking pictures of Dallas. I got a couple of your son. I know it's hard to miss some of these moments. Here's the photos. Enjoy. From George Hepner. P.S. Your son is all athlete. And George sent me these beautiful pictures of Bo in action out on the field, uh, running the ball, throwing the ball. Look at that kid. Look at that kid. All heart right action there. Action shots. Action shots. So good. Slinging one. And uh, I, George, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, it was very touching, and I'm—I was very moved uh, when I got that this morning. So I really, really appreciate the effort um, to to do that, to send it in, to look up the address, and all that, and. Uh, it was just really kind. So thank you very much. That's I, a lot of effort nowadays. It's a ton of effort, I mean, man. You can't a, just text me over a picture. Yeah, it's a know? lot of effort to like find an
4: email address and upload a photo, much less find an address, put a stamp on, print it all out. Develop these pictures. The mail. Yep. Exactly. That's a lot of effort that he went to just to make sure that you got included in the game last week. That's really cool. Oh, That's man, a I much was... better class of mail than what <laughs> you had been getting.
3: Than the butthole mail? Yes. Yeah. It was... Uh, was awesome. So, so, George,
4: thank you for that. I was just thinking about Sammy because last year I started feeling sorry for Sammy. Just by the end of spring training, he had been there, I think, six weeks. And, I, you know, having just been to Arizona, a few days is enough. You, you, I mean, once you've been there for a week or two, it's like, okay, I'm ready to leave. You get the full experience after 72 hours. But this year, because of the Korea trip, it's only really a month. It's a shorter spring training jaunt. I think it should be more doable. The finish line is a lot closer. They leave for Korea on March 13th, I think it is. So yes, th- there's, there's really going to be no reason to stick around beyond that. Uh so Sammy should be
3: home within like a month of going out there, which is uh probably a lot nicer for him. Yeah, you can sh- if you can shave 2 weeks off of your trip to Peoria, you're in you're in in good spirits oh, after our, that. Our
2: boy upgraded his uh his digs when he's going to be out there yeah he did he was in a a not great
3: he was in a not great spot last year got an airbnb which is such the move it's so much more affordable you feel like you can feel like you can be a normal human again when we were at fantasy camp every year and we were staying in the hampton inn you know i'd be in my room paulie would be in his it was it was fine it's fine it's fine it's that but that's Hey, you want to work on the show tomorrow? Do you want to, you know, maybe hit a little bit and work on the show? No, he's not coming to my room at the Hampton Inn to kick up on my bed. Like, right. so, uh, what do you want to do in the 6? No, like, at the house, we could all hang out together. No, I did pass out at 5.30. You didn't have the
4: three-room suite at the Hampton with, no, the, with no the living area? <laughs> no,
3: no, okay. no, not at all. So Sammy was smart this year. Probably going to save the company money, too, an Airbnb. Uh, I think he's got a little bit longer of a drive, but hey, as you know, Sammy, expense that mileage—they have no problem with it whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm still, I'm still waiting for my expense report to be approved again. Uh, I sent them the, the, you know, this is why that happened, and we'll see what happens with that. Dramatic scene yesterday. Uh, I saw a lot of cleanup going on in San Diego yesterday. I got a DM from. Have you guys ever heard of Tonight in San Diego? You I ever heard so. heard of that show? So. I uh was a guest on that show many, many, many years ago. And they do it's like a variety show and it's like a it's like Letterman, right? But it's a little smaller, smaller level. They actually I hosted it one time. At the desk, you know, the the pen who's like. Who's the regular host? Uh so back then it was Jesse Egan, who's okay. a, a comedian. I don't know who does it now, but those guys at Tonight in San Diego, they sent me over the video. Their entire studio, Ben, and I'm talking, I'm talking tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment, gone, wiped out, motherboards, cameras, everything flooded. They've lost everything. So um, I'm looking to get, I shared it on the Ben and Woods Instagram. I'm looking to get more information on how I can help those guys, Uh, but I, it, you know to know a lot of those guys that work over there to know how much effort they put into it it is devastating just devastating and i know you know some people came through unscathed but so many people did not uh and lost a lot of stuff so we're going to continue to try to 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 share things and if you feel compelled to help and donate if you have old gear no they were asking for like cords and microphones maybe. How many of you out there, let's be honest. How many of you out there started a podcast <laughs> and said I'm not doing this anymore and you got stuff to spare? This these guys could probably make it work, man. They're really good people. So the more information I get, but you can go to go to tonight in San Diego on Instagram Check out the devastation. It is, it's awful. You know, I was, awful. I was
4: reading yesterday, and usually when we get a storm like that, it's it's overhyped. Remember the the hurricane that was coming? And oh yeah, it turned out not to be that big of a deal after you know it passed through. We got some rain, but it wasn't. We were warned for about a week. Oh, like yeah, like that a week. Happened, and and I, I just looked at my phone a
2: few days ago and saw, oh, we're gonna get some rain some on rain, Monday. Yeah.
4: And I was going, what what the heck happened? Why didn't why didn't we get so- storm of the century hype for like a week in advance, Let like this is going to be huge, and I was reading about it, and this it was kind of fascinating, so apparently the trackers, they kind of expected the storm to move more to the south into Baja, California, we were supposed to get more of the edge, so we weren't going to get as much rain, but it ended up staying more north, and as it hit like San Clemente Island, it, it caused the clouds to kind of compact, and then mm. that just started the rain gushing, so they really weren't ever forecasting the amount of rain that we ended up getting. And it caught a lot of people off guard. It, it did, man. You know, they they can't track storms as well out at sea as they do over land because they don't have as many of the, you know, the tracking stations out over the ocean. So, you know, the reaction was a little bit late. And I felt like that's why we didn't get quite the warning that we usually do when a storm is coming. It's it's almost always the other way. We're warned it's going to be terrible Eh, it really wasn't that bad. Oh, you, I you mean, got you it's take, all worked up for nothing. And this time, But you take that every time. You take that
3: You well, take every co- single time. And that,
4: my point is, we usually complain about it. Oh, I wish we'd, I, they'd stop hyping up these weather events that turn out to be nothing. It's so much better when you get it that way than this way, when you're not really expecting it, and no one was talking about sandbags or, you know... Hey, you should probably pull everything up off the floor in your garage because there could be flooding. We didn't get that kind of warning because it caught uh, some of the, you know, the weather services off guard. And now you see what kind of damage and, and devastation is wrought. Uh, by just an extra, you know, three or four inches of
3: rain that we're not used to around here. Yeah. And again, for, you know, this is, we're a community and, uh, you know, we want to help as much as we can. We do have this platform. So if you know somebody in need, if you know somebody that needs something, please let us know. We will do our very best to help them or to get the word out, whatever we can do, uh, to use this. That's what we're here for, to serve the community. That's really it at the end of the day, to inform, educate, entertain. And, and serve San Diego to the best of our ability. So, uh, if you know of anything, you can shoot me a DM. You can DM us on Ben and Woods Instagram, whatever. Happy to help uh, in any way we can. Keep your head up uh, out there. I guess more of this stuff could be potentially coming in the next month or so. So, good time to prepare. Move those valuables up. You know, do whatever you have to do. Uh, to to make sure it doesn't happen again. we got an interesting
4: show today. Some sports, some not sports. For those of you who can handle it, we'll
3: set the uh, menu for the program when we come back. Those people will be able to handle it. You know why? Because it's a local story. It is local. It's a very local story. I'm very excited about it. It is unbelievable.
4: We'll uh, we'll tell you all about it coming up. It is uh, Ben and Woods. Glad to have you with us. Middle of the week. We've gotten to Wednesday. Let's see how the traffic's looking early here with Kelly, and then we'll be right back with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
5: I've been waiting for a guy to come and take me by the hand. Talking sensations made me feel the pleasures of a normal man. These sensations bear the insets leave them.
4: Three new members of the National Baseball Hall of Fame announced yesterday. Uh, we will get into the elections of Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer. Talk about those guys that uh, narrowly missed coming up here in our first uh, hour or so of the program. Also, uh, Aztecs last night at Viejas Arena had a uh, kind of a dogfight on their hands against Wyoming, especially in the first half. They did uh, pull away, ended up winning eighty-one to sixty-five. Good to see Padres manager Mike Schilt making an appearance at Viejas Arena, sitting courtside for the game last night, uh, making himself a presence in the community of San Diego, uh, which is not required by any stretch of the imagination woods to be an effective Major League Baseball manager, but. Nevertheless, I find it appealing to see him there and supporting uh, you know, other teams in town during his offseason.
3: We all do. That's a that's a thing. That's a thing it that is. It, that you it makes absolutely it has zero importance. None whatsoever to X's couldn't, and O's, couldn't care less. W's and L's, the whole bit. But it, there's something in it when you look at it. It's like you get know, that first bite of birth, birthday cake. You're like, hmm. Feels good. It tastes good. It melts in my mouth. That's what you feel when you see your skipper right there in his pink uh, uh, sweater, pink hoodie, and watching the game. You go, okay, now we're talking. Now we're t- people like to see it. It's a political move, and it's a brilliant
4: move. You know, it's it's funny. We've seen Joe Musgrove do the I Believe chant, uh, and, and he's been in support of Aztec's games as well. And I liked that. But can you can you appreciate those things and not be mad at the guys who aren't here in the off season players coaches you know i don't think bob melvin ever went didn't have a problem with that at all not it's one, fun, it's not absolutely one fine i don't expect that out of any of them when it's uh, not the season, it's not their time. Maybe they're not into college basketball, you know, and they don't want to go to the game. It's perfectly fine if they're not there. Yet, I did appreciate seeing Mike Schilt at the game last night and uh, just making himself a presence in the community of San Diego. It's yeah. good, I think it's a good thing for a
3: manager. It's always a good thing. It, it, you know, It's not going to have any bearing on the season. It's not going to have any bearing on, you know, no one's going to go, well, I'm going to give him a pass. He did go to that Aztecs game. and. You know, I did see him here. Like Austin Hedges came to a Seals game. Didn't make me like him anymore. I mean, trust me. Here you go, Tim Hill. There was no single
2: player more involved in the community. 100%. He was at every single event. I believe he lives here during the off season. How'd that work out for? Him? And uh, they showed him the door. <laughs> it so happened. it ultimately it comes down to the field. What do you do when you're out
3: there? But it was nice to see him. I will I will, I will, will agree with you 100%.
4: Got some uh, interesting stories, and uh, don't do this. Uh, take on Woods, of course, coming up in our 7 o'clock hour. But I think we're all excited about 7.35 this morning. Actually, no, 8.35 this morning yep. when we plan on uh, returning to a Wednesday feature we haven't done in quite some time. And we're going to take a jump into Woodsy's
3: Wednesday rabbit hole. Yeah, we're going over to Coronado Island, Ben, for one of the more um, technically a peninsula, right? But but yeah, yeah. Um, We're going over, we're going over to Coronado, and we're going to talk about something that happened many, many years ago. That is, I had never heard of this story, and you—that's the thing. So it was over the the Christmas break. Uh, as I took a, a break from being berated on Twitter, I got down in a in a, in a rabbit hole um, about this this. Series of events that happened on Coronado in the, the late 60s and 70s, Ben. And I texted it to you guys. I said, Ben, have you ever heard of this? You go, no. I said, you've never heard of this. You said, uh-uh. I had no idea it existed. And uh, it is one of the more riveting, riveting stories you will ever hear about our town. I mean, it is just Bananas. Uh, what went down over there years ago. So very excited about that as well.
4: I wonder like, if my, my dad yeah. or our grandparents had heard about this story because oh, they grew up, obviously, sure. here in San Diego. Did it make big news at the it time? Was, it seems it made, like it would have been it national six, It made 60
3: Minutes, man. They did a whole feature on 60 Minutes. It's riveting, riveting stuff. And
4: maybe some of our uh, Tier 1s out there yeah. will be familiar with it. My guess is that most, though, if I wasn't, my guess is that most will not have heard this story. It's a good one about what was going on uh, in Coronado Ooh. back in the uh, the '60s and '70s. So really, throughout California, but like the birthplace was in Coronado,
3: sleepy, sleep, yeah, sleepy little Tony surf town, Coronado. Coronado back then, you home know? of Manny Machado. That's and right, Don Orsillo, Jake Cronenworth. I believe <laughs> lives on Coronado. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I'm That's definitely
4: really looking forward to a trip down uh, the woodsy Wednesday Rabbit Hole coming up at 8:35. Uh Rhino Report, we've got more tickets to give away to the Doobie Brothers. We've been giving them away all week for their concert coming up in June at the North Island Credit Union Amphitheater. So, you just uh, call
3: them the Doobies, though. That's the Doobie. You called them yesterday.
4: I um who I said I was at Channel 10. It was Monday and Veronica, our floor director said I never really thought about it, but do you think that's a marijuana reference? Doobies, Doobie Brothers, because we used to call, you know, joints Doobies back in the day. And I said, well, I mean, none of them are named Doobie. It's not like the right. Allman Brothers, right. whose last name is, is Allman. Yeah, Greg or...
3: Allman. Right, right.
4: <laughs> none of them were is named Jim Doobie. Doobies, yeah. So it's probably a reference to something else.
3: It's a reference to marijuana cigarettes, It's not even like Mike Duberfield when he goes by Doobie. (laughs) Mike Duberfield. Hey, (laughs) Duberfield. here comes Doobie. (laughs) That's my buddy Doobie. He's coming at you. Ben said yesterday, he goes, yeah, like, wasn't that really frowned upon back then? And I go, well, yeah, but they're a rock and roll band. That was like the whole point of being in a rock room is to be edgy, you know? Like we're the Doobie Brothers. We love Doobies. Like if a band came out today and they called themselves the Doobie Brothers, I'd laugh at them cuz it's just not it's not what it was, right? So but like, yeah, I mean, back then, I, back then I'm sure there were parents Ladies that were and like, "Gentlemen, Ooh. we're the edibles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think back then your your mom walks in and what's this? Oh, it's the the Doobie Brothers. She grabs it, she throws it out in the garbage immediately. <laughs> I think if that happens, but I do, yes. Uh, who asked you Veronica? Yeah. I do think, Veronica, it is a marijuana reference. I'm almost certain that it is a marijuana reference. Probably some good music to listen to while enjoying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Much a like uh, Tim Flannery and Jake Peavy. Very good music to listen to while enjoying.
4: Padres were connected, uh, rumored to be connected to at least one pitching name. I don't know if it's one that's going to get anybody excited out there, but we can discuss Uh, That as well as we're searching for offseason Padres news another day without uh, a big uh, announcement of any sort from the San Diego Padres. So uh, that's what's coming up on the menu today. When we come back, let's talk Hall of Fame. Had the uh, induction votes revealed yesterday. Three new Hall of Famers, pretty pretty solid, big class here for 2024. Talking about Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer, all headed to Cooperstown. That is coming up next. Is Bennett Woods. Don't go away. San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Chris B. in our YouTube chat says, I had a dog that we got from the pound that was named Doobie when we got her, but my mom changed her name to Cookie when we adopted her. Uh, you can also eat cookies
3: with marijuana in them, as I recently learned.
4: Uh, um, Woods' Wednesday uh, rabbit hole also is going to involve a little bit of the Doobie as well, I believe.
3: Uh, my favorite part of the story of Vanessa, uh, v- Vanessa, what's her last name? L- LaPaz?
4: Uh, Vanessa from your he know Veronica Veronica I'm sorry Veronica. Veronica Simonides.
3: Okay Simonides. My favorite part is <clears throat> she's at work and she's like I need to ask someone here about doobies let me think uh, Ben Hig- <laughs> Ben do you know if this is a drug reference are you like the edgy one Apparently. at Channel 10 Yeah you know what Kimberly It is
4: very Hunt. different no, there Steve than Smith. it is here no.
2: Ben Higgins yeah Yeah
4: you're the edgy one. I think just because I'm on the radio with you, it makes <laughs> the, me, actually, the, 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 the rebel, rebel and the, uh, wild. the wild
3: one. You're the Channel wild 10, one at you know? by 10. association. Yeah, edge by association. That's exactly right. Well, you're welcome for a reputation, finally, Benjamin. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting to me.
4: All right, let's check traffic. Uh, I want to talk about yesterday's Hall of Fame elections. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any outrage from this threesome. This morning, there's about al- this threesome. There's always outrage. Oh, well, but none of it's going to come from you would be fun for me and... or Pauly yeah. about any of the electees. I'm not, I'm not too outraged at all. A little bit? No, Todd Helton? I'm not, just a I, tiny bit? I, no. Todd, I no. think
3: Todd Helton's was a guaranteed
4: <laughs> no, no. Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, you think he was guaranteed a Hall of Famer. That doesn't mean you think he's a Hall of Famer. Though. I think he's a Hall of Famer. All right, we'll get to that after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fam. Let's start with the congratulations. 21 years, 477 home runs, over 3,000 career hits. So you get to 3,000 hits. I mean, it seems like you're a slam dunk Hall of Famer. There were still almost 5% of the electorate that didn't vote for him on the first ballot, but he got in comfortably as everybody expected. I will admit, you know, and and I watched a lot of the start of Adrian Beltre's career, played his first seven seasons with the L.A. Dodgers in the NL West, coming up as a young prospect uh, for L.A. And as I was watching, I didn't think, ooh, I'm seeing a Hall of Fame career get started here for Adrian Beltre. He was, he was a solid member of that team, but not someone that I was like, oh, i got to get to the game tonight. I'm going to get to see Adrian Beltre play.
3: But when he got to Texas, when he got to Texas, you started to go, oh, Okay, he's he's a force. Like he is a he's got a ridiculous club.
2: I was in Seattle still when he went there after the Dodgers. Yep. He played like 5 or 6 seasons up there and he was a freaking stud. He was like what we have with Manny Machado now in San Diego. That guy could pick anything at third base.
4: Yeah,
3: he 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 was nasty.
4: Fair or not, though, had he only played 15 seasons, and only had 2,500 hits and 380 home runs, he might not have been a Hall of Famer. But at some point, just the art of sticking around and longevity and putting up numbers year after year makes you worthy of the Hall of Fame. Whether or not you, you agree with that, you know, policy or not—that's the way it is. And and he stuck around long enough. And was he was a 286
2: certainly two eighty-six hitter, thirty-one over thirty-one hundred hits, four hundred and seventy-seven home runs, four-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove, four-time Silver Slugger. That's a, that's all of famous.
4: Yeah, he never won a World Series, correct? Because uh, mm. Dodgers, Mariners, Rangers—he
3: was with the Red Sox. I don't know if they
4: won. Oh, did they get one never, when he was there? He never he, did. He never won a World Series. But again, it's baseball, and you can't make your Hall of Fame decisions based on what the other twenty, you know, four or five guys on your roster yeah. did. I mean,
3: Mike Trout a Hall of Famer, yeah, whether
4: he you had a pitching staff right. or not, it just makes no difference. Now, Joe Mauer, who also got on the first ballot by a, a much smaller margin. Very different sort of player, a much shorter career. Burned brighter, though, you know, while he was in his prime as a catcher for the Minnesota Twins. And he benefited, of course, from the fact that he played what most people consider to be the toughest position on the diamond
3: and did so while also being the best hitter in the American <laughs> League for a few seasons. He batted three oh six in his fifty he still had fifteen year career, Joe Mauer did. Batted three oh six in his career behind the dish. I know he played some first base later in his career as well, but he was a stud, too. And, and I he was kind of the one where I went, oh, I, I think he may get in. I don't know that he'll get in now, but he did. And I have less than zero problem uh, with Joe Maurer being a Hall of Famer. I, I I did think when he was coming up, he was one of those guys, really the fir- one of the f- first guys I remember being Really hyped, like people really, really hyping him. And you know, pretty much, man, barring some injury uh, riddled seasons, that dude lived up to the hype every single every single year with the Minnesota Twins. Hometown kid, too. Great story. Yeah, no problem with him being in there.
4: One thing I laugh at is when people say, "Yeah, I thought he was a Hall of Famer, but I didn't necessarily think he was a 1st Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, out. I just I, said that
3: because I, I, I thought. Well, it's not my it's not my opinion. Right. It's it's the way that it works. I thought. Yeah, he'll probably get in, but I don't think it'll be on the first time. And, and that's
4: lot. you know you how you think works. he's a
2: fourth-ballot Hall of Famer, then he's, then he's a, a hall, hall of, of famer. famer. It yeah. shouldn't matter.
4: And, but it does. And, and for the people who go, oh, that guy only got 8% of the vote. He was better than that. He should have gotten more than that. Well, you're making a decision on yes or no. If you think a guy is just short of being a Hall of Famer, he had an incredible career, but you just have him just a tick below the Hall of Fame, you know how many votes you would give him? Zero. You give that guy zero votes for the Hall of Fame. And the guy who's just a little bit better, he gets all of your votes for the Hall of Fame. It's a yes or no. It's black or white. There really isn't a maybe on that box. You can't go, "Uh, you know what, I give him 48% of my Hall of Fame vote this year. I think he was close. I don't know who was there. It's yes or no. So to me, the vote totals are a little silly and irrelevant. He got in, I no, have no problem with Joe Maurer getting I also don't have a problem with guys who didn't vote for him. Uh, if, if it was my Hall of Fame, my standards would be really, really high. And it would be a much smaller Hall of Fame. But that's just the way I am. It would be just Delilah in the Hall of Fame. That would be the <laughs>
3: only person in the Hall of Fame. Tony I, Gwynn and Delilah. Yeah, Delilah, yeah. that's it. I, lo- <laughs> I loved this quote from Todd Helton. Uh, because you do see it. You're already seeing it in the chat. Like, hey, very, very, very good player. Coors Merchant, all that stuff. Here's a quote from Todd. He says, look, you don't get to pick where you play. I never thought about this, by the way. You don't get to pick where you play. You always want to hit better at your home park. Carried a career OPS of one uh, 1,048 at home and 855 on the road. He said, I'm not embarrassed or anything by my home and road numbers. Going on the road after hitting in Colorado is hard. The ball breaks more. It's a huge adjustment going throughout the season, going through that rigorous grind of being able to make those changes midseason. It's a good place to hit, but there's some drawbacks and toughness about going and playing there. I never thought of the other way. You only think about the guys that play, you know, 81 games in Colorado and you go, ah, oh, you lucky, you lucky bastards the ball's flying out of there. If you've ever played golf in Arizona or Colorado or anything, the ball just flies, you're like, I could shave three to four strokes off my game playing here. But what you don't think about is when you have to go from Colorado to San Diego on your next trip, and you're like, "Oh my God! Now I got to sit on you know. Now the curveballs are actually breaking, the sliders are actually sliding. Um, Difficult to make that adjustment." Yeah,
4: it's it's a good point. And Todd Helton got in on his a sixth ballot. You know, he slowly kind of crept up to the seventy five percent necessary to get there. But I know that when I was watching him play. As a Padres fan, he always terrified me. 100%. Terrified
3: me as a batter, and not just in Colorado. And maybe, maybe this will help sway some of the uh, naysayers out there. Todd Helton yesterday talking about, well, one of our beloved, the most beloved Padre there has ever been. Hey, Todd, big compliment here. Tony Gwynn told me this guy's a Hall of Famer in your second season.
2: He knew oh. it was coming. He just loved you and loved watching and competing against you. It was amazing. Just want to dip that in there for you.
4: Yep, I appreciate it. Uh, Tony gave me the best advice hitting that I that I ever had, and I and it was something that I, I used that game in every at bat the rest of my career. And um, so I, he he didn't have to. He came over and, and and sat me down and talked to me like Tony Gwynn does. And I, you know I was drafted by the Padres out of high school, so I was a Tony Gwynn fan. And um, what would he tell you? <laughs> But I say, yeah, I tell you what he told me. He said, "Todd, where, where do you look at when you're when you're looking at the pitcher to see the ball?" And I, I gave the stock answer. Um, you know, I, I picture a place right up uh, where, where the ball is going to come out. He's like, "Todd, you can't do that." He's like, "Your eyes wander too much if, if you're um, if you're doing that." He said, "You got to pick a specific spot on the pitcher, and then when he's about to release the ball, you just move your eyes
3: over just a hair, and um, it works." Um, you know. <laughs>
4: And
3: now whole hey, maybe you give that advice. I don't know. Like, let's not coach guys up in the middle of C- Manny's like, hey, no, you got to get your butt down when you field the ball. Like, <laughs> let their coaches figure it out. T. Gwynn. But no, that's who he was. He would love to talk. That's
4: interesting. Uh, you know, and I've heard Tony Gwynn interviewed so many times in his career. I don't know if I ever heard that specific piece of hitting advice I'll from Tony.
3: Be trying it this weekend. Who to was be honest with you.
4: Known for his incredible ability to see the ball. Uh, you know, see the seams, the spin, everything out of a pitcher's hand, unlike almost anybody else. And he said, No, you've got to pick a specific spot on the pitcher and then at the last second when he shift releases, then you shift your eye. Because if you're kind of a focusing on a nebulous area your eyes will never get locked in so he kept his eyes locked in the entire time on one specific spot and then it went to the baseball right as the pitcher was releasing certainly worked for tony Gwynn, and apparently it worked well for todd helton <laughs> he
3: tried it that night <laughs> just like all right i'll give it a whirl and uh you know next thing you know he's in the hall of fame so no problem there with todd helton getting in either monster monster hitter great defender as well um Thought it was a, I thought it was a, a foregone conclusion.
4: Speaking of uh, Manny, we also have some audio of Manny Machado talking about fellow third baseman uh, Adrian Beltre, also on uh, MLB Network.
5: Manny, the first time that you saw Adrian Beltre, that you guys were on the same field, I remember as, as kids we would always talk about Adrian Beltre. But for you, when you were on that field, what did that mean to you? I mean, first off, I want to congratulate Belcher. What a amazing career. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I know myself, a bunch of players around the league always uh, admire him, look up to him. He's a player that we all wanted to be. So, um, you know, it, it was truly a blessing to play alongside him, play with him in the Dominican Republic t- national team, um, watch him play and, and learn from him as well. So... Now seeing him in the Hall of Game is, is I mean it's 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 amazing. I love I love every bit of it. Another Dominican to the Hall of Fame. So Mucha bendición hermano, felicidade and um you know what a, what an amazing career he had. But yeah, I mean he's he's like I just said, I mean he he's an unbelievable player, he's a talent. For myself, I looked up to him. I was a shortstop growing up, came out through the through the minor leagues as a shortstop, didn't know anything about their base. So what did I do? I mean, first thing I did was go watch agent Belcher highlights and, um, you know, from, from his sick backhand plays to slow rollers coming up, getting down on one knee, falling down to the ground, making those throws, just trying to try to imitate as best as you can to try to do the belt And obviously that cannon he had as an arm was, was, was one of the best in the game or if, if not the best ever. So. Uh yeah, he was just a guy that we always looked up to. Great leader, great guy, um, you know, and obviously one of the best people to play this game.
4: Manny Machado on uh new Hall of Famer Adrian Beltre. Uh and I, this is not a knock on Adrian Beltre, but it boys look like Manny as a superior player just following along in his career yep and uh, i'd assume that manny will end up in the hall of fame someday as well uh there were some pieces written in the past week about manny's numbers and how he's pretty much you know on track as long as he keeps going he should he should get there fairly comfortably but kind of comparing year for year and player for player over the course of you know manny's what about 10 10 11 years into his career now i would say he's even on a Higher track than Adrian Beltre was at this
3: point. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, if he stays healthy, yeah, sky's the limit, Ben. Uh, first ballot for sure for our beloved Manny Machado. Also, uh, Gary Sheffield was one that I was really, 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 really bummed to see. Did not make it. The story of baseball can't tell it without Chef. You just can't. And uh, I understand, well, I don't understand the logic and the reasoning, but the way the logic and the reasoning has worked uh, with Cooperstown lately is if there was really honestly – well, no, that's that's a lie. Was a I was going to say – well, right. <laughs> Typically what it's been is, oh, you. there were some whispers about you being on PED, so we can't put you in. But that's just not the case anymore. Pudge Rodriguez, David Ortiz. I mean, all these guys were linked to
2: Piazza. Yeah,
3: performance-enhancing drugs. Gary Sheffield was linked to the Balco investigation. Nothing ever happened. I mean, I didn't find out anything, but the the whispers and, and, and things like that. I love what Chef said last week. He said, I was a Hall of Famer the day I was born. Like, he's a Hall of Fame. Gary Sheffield is a 100% Hall of Famer. He should be in no and he's now he doesn't have a chance except for what the writers. this was uh, his last
4: year the, special, special yeah, exception the, the modern era committee uh, when they in. do that, that but like 10 years down the road but those something? guys have been pretty strict about you know things like that as well and there's no guarantee that he'll get in that way no, either no that's his only That's That's his. his, Yeah, he's no longer on the ballot. That was his last year on the ballot. You got to put him in as a player. I know if you compare, if you ask me about those four players while I was watching them play, yes. And you ask which one of those four is a (laughs) Hall of Famer, Gary Sheffield would have been a fairly easy answer actually for me out of those four.
2: I think if like what you just said about the committee and how strict they have been in the past, your only hope is that a uh, things change as far as the the general. Voting goes for the Hall of Fame with guys like Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, and we start to say, you know what, those guys are Hall of Famers, and that commu- uh, that special committee also changes. That's his only chance.
4: Yeah, that's true. The, the composition of it will change, and, and it's much smaller, so you only have to—I think it's like— 12 out of the 16, if they agree, you go into the Hall of Fame. So three players is actually... We, I
2: hope we evolve as a baseball community in the next however many years.
4: Three, yeah. three players in in one year is actually a, a large class by Baseball Hall of Fame standards. I think there's only been a class of four once or twice. Next year, though, they're saying we could see a class of 5 with uh Billy Wagner at 73.6% just so missing close, the cut. Man. Uh Andrew Jones and Carlos Beltran are also kind of on the rise and with you know more votes available they they could possibly get in at some point and then the newcomers next year uh Ichiro is no going to be a slam dunk. Slam dunk. First ballot Hall of Famer. In fact, I wonder should be unanimous. I wonder if he'll join Mariano Rivera as the only unanimous selections in baseball history. Uh, because I can't see anyone not voting for Ichiro. Some edgelord lord will not.
3: Some edge lord voted I, for Brandon Phillips.
4: Yeah, but even. Ichiro even kind of satisfies the most hardcore baseball guys. you think
2: so. I mean, Derek Jeter wasn't unanimous. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. was like 99.3. Now that the seal's been broken with
4: Mariano, though, maybe it allows other guys. I just didn't want him to be the first to get every single vote. Someone's already gotten it. Now you the can.
3: Stupidest thing.
4: Uh, CC Sabathia should be a Hall of Famer. I think as so well. too, man. He could, he
3: could get it on the first ballot as well. I think so too. I, I did see, though, for the first time in a while. No one sent in a blank ballot, so uh maybe we are maybe we are on the road to uh not being clowns anymore and and you know voting the guys in that deserve to be in uh Jim Leland also going in this year, Ben, along with Beltre Helton. And uh, Joe Maurer, obviously uh, well-deserved. Anybody that rips that many heaters uh, should be in the Hall of Fame. It's still kicking. So so Uncle um, Chen, the marathon Hall of runner, should F- F- also Famer. be in the Hall of Fame. 100%. Well, the running Hall of Fame, yeah. First ballot. But I, uh, no, I, I, uh, Look, I look forward to... This is the, the part of the process I don't really look forward to. I love the speeches, man. I, every year, I'm just posted up, looking at the speeches, watching these grown men weep, sitting amongst uh, all the other legends up there. It's so cool. So I told you
4: yesterday, as we previewed the Aztecs game, Wyoming will have some sort of trick up their sleeve. You were right. To try to take on the Aztecs. And for one half, uh, they had fans of Viejas Arena worried. Get into that and play a little Take on Woods. Coming up, hour number two of Ben and Woods
6: next here on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?